0: Welcome to Origin Gate's daily podcast, Wisdom's Echo. This is Grant Mahoney, and I'm going to be continuing with my series on the increase of the kingdom, and this is part two. So last time we ended with, we looked at three ways which we can move the enemy, and I spoke about the fact that we don't want to move the enemy, we want to replace him. And that we need governmental kingdom, rank and order, and we have to bring that into our atmosphere, and we have to live the life and not just talk about it. And that's going to literally not only just move the enemy out but it's going to replace him where he can't come back so i want to start today with looking at um the scripture in mark 4 verse 29 to 32 because literally this relates to the seed of experience that we have with yahweh which goes throughout the earth and so this is what the scripture says in verse 29 it says now when the crop permits." he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he was saying, how shall we picture the kingdom of Yahweh? Or by what parable shall we present it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the soil, though it is the smallest of all the seeds that are upon the soil, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches, with the result that the birds of the sky can nest under its shade. So when we look at that is our responsibility is not only to displace the enemy, but to replace him as well. And so we have to remove him completely. And the way we do that is by bringing the kingdom of Yahweh into full manifestation, which is one of the areas that I think we're really lacking. And I think it's one of the areas that Yahweh is about to teach us about how do we manifest the kingdom? Because scripture even says that all of creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons. And so 1 Corinthians 12 states that we are members of one body and Christ is the head. And when it's talking about the head, it's not talking about a head on a shoulders, it's talking about a place, that the head is in place. And so Yeshua's head is in place, but we as the body have not yet been the significant force that he can actually work through. And I think it's because we haven't come into maturity yet. And so when we look at uh, like Ezekiel 37 and it talks about the dry bones, it literally depicts a place of worldliness where everything is dry and the, the way that the body starts coming together and all the members begin coming together is as the prophetic word is released and i believe that we are about to see a huge shift in the prophetic because i think it's been pretty weak and yahweh's about to change that and he's about to raise up some prophets that have been in the place of hiddenness so that the prophetic can come into a whole different dimension and level and so once this happens, the headship of Christ is going to bring the increase of his government, which is going to have no end. And so I look forward to that time when his government is just going to keep going. And so the government's going to be on the shoulders of his body, which is you and me as part of the church. And it's going to literally displace the force of the enemy and replace that enemy. And so... There are, let's say, 10 points that concern the way that the kingdom of Yahweh functions that we need to understand. And we're going to look at these later on, but I want to run through those 10. And so the nature of the kingdom is increased. So the nature of the kingdom is always to increase. It's never to decrease. The dynamic of the kingdom is that everything gets better. And that's one of the things that I believe is going to start happening where we are seeing things going in the opposite direction, I think we're going to start seeing things going better. The power of the kingdom is force. The culture of the kingdom is service. It always has been, it always will be. And the order of the kingdom is structure. There has to be structure. Yahweh is ordered and he is a structured God. The anointing of the kingdom is prayer. And this is something that I believe we're going to go back to, something that I love teaching on and something that I really wish we practiced more the success of the kingdom is generational dominion and that means it's not just based to one generation this is a generational thing that we're going to begin to walk in the currency of the kingdom is faith the strength of the kingdom is unity which is one of the areas that as the church we have suffered so badly we are so not in unity because of doctrine and the access to the kingdom is in the understanding of mysteries so those are 10 things that we're going to look at a bit later and so The foundational truth that these 10 points rest upon is found in Luke 17, verse 20 to 21, which states, Now he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of Yahweh was coming. And he answered them and said, The kingdom of Yahweh is not coming with signs that can be observed, nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of Yahweh is in your midst. And so the kingdom of, of Yahweh doesn't come with signs that can be observed, rather, it's within us, and it must be activated. And this is one of the things that I think Yahweh is going to start working on in this next season, is to begin to activate the kingdom within us. I don't know about you, but I mean, we obviously, now that COVID's in place, we're not traveling anymore, but we used to travel a lot. And one of the things I would enjoy doing when I was in an airport, and I, and I do it pretty much anywhere, is I like watching people. And, you know, especially when you're sitting in an airport and you know it's an international airport and there are people from all over the world, I like observing them and then in my head sort of framing up by what they look like or maybe I happen to hear their accent or something, that I can tell where they're from by their, like I said, their clothing, their accents, their behavior. But the thing is this, that until I actually interact with them, I don't really know their country of origin for certain. I can guess. I can... I can't determine their tribe, their their ethnicity, simply by observation. And so Yeshua said that the kingdom of Yahweh is the same way. It doesn't come by observation, but by demonstration. There has to be an engagement. There has to be an interaction with the kingdom. And so I believe that we've been given the tools to activate the culture of Yahweh in the earth. And it's not a church culture. It's not a denominational culture. It's Yahweh's culture. And so when Yeshua says that the kingdom of Yahweh is within you, he meant that the potential for the culture of Yahweh to dominate the earth is within every one of us as believers. And I think that's absolutely amazing. So within you and within me is the potential to be successful. There's the potential to be prosperous. There's the potential to bring elevation in the earth and that potential was placed there by yahweh so we all have the potential within us but the thing is how do we activate that but what we have to understand and what we has, have to remember is that it doesn't come by observation it comes when we activate the kingdom of yahweh within ourselves and so increase is in us because the kingdom of yahweh is in us and so we have structure we have order and power and they're all within us because the kingdom of yahweh was in us so The thing that we've got to learn and that we've got to look at is how do we activate this kingdom? So when you look at the kingdom message, starting with Adam, who came into the earth as the son of Yahweh. And so if Yahweh is the king of the universe, what would you call the son? I mean, the son of a king is always referred to as a prince. So we could actually refer to Adam as Prince Adam. So when a prince comes into a kingdom through birth, it means that at some point... That prince has the potential to become king, right? And it's, it's unusual for the prince to be king when his father's still alive, when you look at the, the monarchy and the different kingdoms that have been there. And so for a prince to transition into the role of king, there th- one of three things has to happen for that to happen. Either the father has to die and which makes the prince the ruling monarch because he takes over from the king. Or the or the king or the father has to abdicate his throne and give it to his son who's the prince or the father has to allow his son to create another kingdom and they both reign as kings over their individual kingdoms that that's what happens and so Yahweh is the king of the whole earth he's the king of the universe and so when Yahweh birthed his first son or created his first son Adam and it's not his first son we know you sure is his first son but do you understand what I'm talking about in the earth what does he do he gives them dom- dominion to Adam over all the earth and he created the kingdom of Yahweh on the earth and gave Adam kingdom rights and so all of the offspring of of Adam since that time are princes and princesses and so you and I are children of a kingdom order and so when Adam sinned against Yahweh his kingdom was taken over by a demonic system and a demonic culture and so according to Matthew 12 the demonic system is the kingdom, is a kingdom of its own. And in Matthew 12, verse 25 to 50, Yeshua says, every kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And if Satan be divided against Satan, how then shall his kingdom stand? So if you look at the Satan's kingdom, it's standing and he's the king of his kingdom. He became a king by deceiving even the garden and usurping Adam's authority. And so Adam became a slave in the enemy's kingdom, in the devil's kingdom. And so what you have to understand is that as a slave, you have to pay tribute to the kingdom in which you belong, even if it formerly belonged to you, which is interesting. And so because of this, Adam and his children became slaves to a satanic kingdom. And so we've been paying tribute ever since. So then Yeshua comes and when he comes, he comes to do what? He comes to restore his kingdom. And in John 18 verse 33, Pilate asks Yeshua and he says are you the king Yeshua answered my kingdom is not of this world in other words Yeshua made it known that he wasn't part of the Roman system but of a heavenly system which is the part of that we are and so Yeshua is the king of his kingdom and after Yeshua dies at the day of Pentecost he birthed the church the church was birthed and the monarchy was re-established and so everyone that gets born again Now gets born again into the kingdom through the spirit is a prince or a princess ruling and reigning with him in heavenly places. This is what we've got to understand. And so Matthew 4, 17 tells us that the kingdom of heaven has arrived and has been established within the earth. And Yeshua preached the kingdom throughout the gospels. And when we go to Acts 1, verse 1 to 7, this is what it says. To you, Theophilus, I come to tell you all the things that Yeshua began. Both to do and to teach how that after his resurrection, Yeshua appeared to his disciples 40 days and nights, speaking to them in many infallible truths concerning the kingdom of Yahweh. And he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait until they received power from on high. The disciples asked him, Will you restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? He replied, It is not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has placed in his own hands. So in other words, what he's saying is that the kingdom is going to be restored in its time. You go to Jerusalem and wait to be activated in the power of the Holy Spirit. So Yeshua began his ministry preaching the kingdom, which lasted until he was about to leave the earth. And the last thing he spoke to his disciples was a continued teaching on the infallible truths of the kingdom. So it was kingdom, kingdom all the time. And so let me give you... And an example. So if I was leaving for a trip, like let's say Sam and I were going overseas and Sam's parents weren't living with us, I'd probably ask a friend of mine or someone that we know to come and house sit for me. And before they came or when they came, we would make sure that we had given them a whole bunch of instructions. And some of the most important instructions is how do you look after my dogs and cats? And what about my cars because we've gone for three months you need you need to at least start them so the batteries don't go down our dog gets fed twice a day the cats twice a day and these are important tasks that they're going to need to do immediately and they're going to have to put attention to straight away they are not you know details or directions that you can that are for months out in the future They are immediate instructions and so be sure sorry before Yeshua leaves, his immediate concerns were to hand over his responsibilities to his followers. So what did he do? He continued teaching what he had always taught, the kingdom. And this is what we got to do is keep teaching the kingdom. And so in Acts 28, verse 30 to, 30 to, uh, 30 to 31, and this is what the Bible says. It says, And Paul was in his own hired house for two years, receiving such to see him. And there he spent time preaching Christ and teaching the kingdom. That's all he did. He preached Christ and he taught the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It's a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's a spirit of dominion. It's a spirit that displaces demonic influence. And so when I look at the earth today and the things that are going on the earth today, I'm sorry to say this, but we are certainly not displaying the kingdom because it's not displacing the enemy. And so the kingdom removes satanic belief systems, removes demonic thinking, demonic culture from our society, so much so that the enemy is no more room. And so for this to happen in our lives, we have to make sure that we are empowered with the kingdom message. And so we need to fully understand that the kingdom of Yahweh must be activated. So the word tells us Yeshua preached the kingdom. Paul preached the kingdom. The apostles preached the kingdom. I said this in, in the last session. Matthew ten seven says, Go you to the lost house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. And so for generations, the apostles preached the, the, this kingdom message until the third and fourth uh, centuries when the Roman culture began to spread. And this is a word, the word apostle. You see, we think it's a religious word and it's a church word, but it's actually not. It comes, it's actually a Roman u- word that was used in warfare, meaning a forerunner. And literally what a, what an apostle would do was go in the front of the army to spy at the area and set up this uh, strategic base for the army that was coming. And they would send word back to the army and say, OK, now we're ready to receive the forces to invade this new land. And so Caesar was literally the first apostle in that area. And he, him as an apostle and his men were struggling with this new group of people, these Christians that had no weapons and were following this Yeshua. And they were empowered by love and they were literally taking over everywhere. And their doctrine taught that there was a king, but the Romans couldn't find this king because he had risen from the dead and he had ascended to heaven. And so they tried to find him and they began to arrest and torture Christians and do all this kind of stuff. And they would beat them and, and they would literally say, where, where is your king hiding? Where is he? And so Caesar knew that as long as their king was alive, these people would be empowered. And so he believed that if he could kill the king, then the whole movement, the whole of Christianity would scatter. And so for 300 years, and when I say Caesar, I'm talking about the position because there were many Caesars. So for 300 years, they couldn't find this king. And so finally, it literally came on them and it dawned upon them that those in Rome, uh, for those in Rome, that this king that these Christians were talking about was actually some fictitious being in the heavens. And so what, what happened was at this point, the Caesar at that time decided he would join this group and he would become a Christian. And when he did, what he did, and this was so wise of him, very interesting strategy, he brought Roman culture and Jewish culture together with Christian culture. And he literally joined all of their symbols, their religious stuff, their rituals. And he made this whole thing legal under one universal church. And this decision literally, it weakened the message of the kingdom. And so when that happened, the power of the kingdom was literally became nothing and was broken. And instead of moving from apostolic and prophetic headship, religious leaders were appointed by the state. So you didn't have apostles and prophets. So you just had someone that someone appointed men appointing men. And they were men that were not apostolic, but were appointed because they had favor. And they had favor with Caesar and favor with the system. And so when the church and the system began, the message of the kingdom literally became diluted until it was hardly ever preached. And access to the the word and the Bible became less and less. Fewer people began to know the scriptures or remember the scriptures. And that time, the church moved from being among the people into centers. And so the first ch- first church building was actually built in the 4th century AD. And so people no longer met in the marketplace or moved house to house sharing the message of the kingdom. So do you see how this thing came and infiltrated and how the kingdom has being diluted? Instead, they met in a building where church became a weekly experience led by some person that was never appointed by God who talked in a language that people didn't understand. And so the kingdom and the kingdom message was weakened And literally deception crept into the church. And many demonic symbols and behaviors began to emerge within the body of Christ. And this has continued for till now even. But the thing is, in recent years, there's been a revival of the kingdom message. And not as a denomination, but as a behavior. And the kingdom of Yahweh must be preached in all the earth. And it's, and we have to have Yahweh's nature in the earth. And we have to have his nature among us. So it's important that we understand that the kingdom of Yahweh has come to be set up in the earth. And it's interesting why how so many people are leaving the church, but they're not leaving the Yahweh. They're not leaving the kingdom. They're leaving the structure. And so... The devil literally destroyed the kingdom message by introducing and emphasizing his own message. And so now it's time for you and me to restore the message of the kingdom to the body and into the earth and into the world. I mean, people often talk about and they're concerned about how evil is so rampant in the earth and that it's going to take over. And, you know, people just think that nations are never going to turn away from their idolatry and all the sexual pornography, and all the murder, and all the persecution, and people are getting, you know, they're discontent, they're growing in anxiety, and all this kind of stuff, and and it literally almost seems like we're not moving towards righteousness, but rather towards evil and destruction. That's what it looks like. However, what I want to say as I end is don't be misled by what you see. Imagine like Yahweh's uh, kingdom is like a computer and if a virus is on the computer you take it to a technician to repair and he might load some antivirus software scan it and remedy the problem or he may just wipe your whole hard drive and start again regardless of the process he's going to identify the problem and he's going to fix it and restore that computer so it's fully functional and that's the way the kingdom is. And that's the way that there's a generation of people that are emerging with the kingdom message. Like It's literally imprinted in our hearts and it's coming out of us. And it's going to eradicate this virus of sin that's been intruding into Yahweh's kingdom. And we are going to abolish the lies and deception of the enemy <coughs> with razor sharp truth of the kingdom message. And so we will look at part three when we return. Bless you guys. Thank you.